The Secret World Chronicle, a podcast novel series authored by Mercedes Lackey, Dennis Lee, Cody Martin, with Larry Dixon and Veronica Jagger. Read and produced by Veronica Jagger. Total Eclipse of the Heart, Part 1. Written by Mercedes Lackey and Veronica Jagger. For the second time in as many weeks, the sight of the parkour course on the Echo campus caused Ramona Ferrari to break down in tears. Never mind the fact that she was in the car, driving to the building that held her crummy hole of an office, or the fact that she was fully dressed in the dark frumpy suit that she wore as an Echo detective. She had simply turned the corner, blinked at the broken concrete and crumbling walls, and had thought for a moment that she had seen Bill. And that was impossible. The last she had seen of the mountain was from high above in Corby's arms, Bill's stony figure sinking into the Atlantic. He might have been made of rock, but he needed air like most other living creatures. When satellites didn't pick up any movement near the Marianas Trench, the report came back that the meadow was dead, with an explanation of suicide. Ramona sniffled and reached for a tissue, then thought better of it and just pulled over to the side of the Echo Access Road. She had the right tags and decals, so security wouldn't bother her. She just needed to sit and cry it out before she started another day at Echo. Her eyes deep in a wad of tissues, she started at the tap on her passenger side window. She looked up, ready to tell whatever officious security goon that was interrupting her private breakdown to go take a hike. But it wasn't an officious security goon. It was that blue DCO, Bella, peering in at her with a concerned expression on her face. When she saw that Ramona was looking at her, she made a little cranking motion. Ramona sighed and punched the button for the automatic window. I'm fine, she lied, even as she crumpled tissues. Allergies. You know, with all that mold in those buildings. Flares up. Just wanted to take care of it before I got to the office. Bullshit, the blue woman said with a knowing look. A little bird told me you could use a shoulder. Oh, well, okay, not a bird, but she has wings. Come on, detective, I worked LVFD. And I'm an empath. And I have a friend that knows these things. Crying's better when there's somebody else to lean on, and it sure as hell won't be the first time that I was a towel. You don't have to talk about it. Just have a good low-down ball. I already watched Steel Magnolias for that. Twice. Ramona slumped in her seat and stabbed at the button to unlock the doors. She let a long sigh rush out as Bella slid into the seat next to her. This whole place, they're they're slowly giving up on people. Sure, they'll take in any meta-flake who can spit ice or sneeze acid, but they'd rather just cycle them through than do something with them. And if somebody dies on their watch? Oh, it's not their watch, no. She sneered, waving a tissue for emphasis. It's the someone's fault for not being strong enough or stable enough. And that right there is bullshit. They want us to fix this place. 
they can stop being so damn self-centered and lazy and start building the place back up instead of hiding in some double-wide trailer. The last few words were shouted towards the center of the Echo Campus, the effort seeming to take the last bit of energy from her. Ramona reached for a foil packet on the console and popped out two pieces of gum. Damn Tesla, she muttered. He's a weasel. A little weasel with a room full of toys who's too scared to do anything else but hide in his, his little weasley corner. She popped the gum in her mouth and made a face, but kept chewing anyway. Actually, Tesla's a CEO. Only a CEO. That's all he's ever been. Then all that... Bella waved her hand at the mess that was Atlanta. Got dumped in his lap. Ain't nothing in the management handbooks to cover the end of the world. So, well, he's reacting like any CEO would, and not like the guy you'd think would be in charge of a hefty percentage of the metas of the world. Paralyzed. Much as I loathe and despise the fact that he hasn't cowboyed up and turned the reins over to someone who'll act like a commander-in-chief and not a terrified little girl, I understand what's going on in his head. He's not his father, who handled the job in the war, and he's sure as hell not his great-uncle, who probably would have reacted to the Ides with, uh, um, did anyone show you the Ides of March? She handed Ramona another sealed packet of tissues. The Ides, no. You're not talking Julius Caesar, I take it? Ramona took the tissues, but didn't open them. Nope. Bella took a deep breath. Up in Chicago, they had a precog named Matthew March. Now, normally the only way they got anything out of him was with a telepath. Bedridden, and it took special scions just to deal with all the crap in his head. Day of the invasion, he got out of the bed he hadn't left since he was a child, wrote about twenty pages of stuff in a notebook, threw it as far away from himself as he could, and set himself on fire. What was in that notebook is what's being called the Ides of March. It reads a little like Nostradamus, but with more sense. She took out her PDA and tapped at it. And that is what has Tesla so spooked. I don't think anyone is supposed to know about this but Yank, Fata Morgana, who had it transcribed, and, well, maybe that rat bastard from the Defense Department masquerading as a janitor. She handed the PDA to Ramona. I have clever friends who can do impossible things, and, and one with wings that thinks you should see this. Ramona's fingers twitched as she took the PDA. She went through the text slowly, pausing every so often to zoom in on parts of the report. Her lips moved once or twice, but she read through the report in near silence. Unable to sob and analyze at the same time, she chose to analyze what the DCO had put in front of her. When she had finished reading the report, she went back to the top and tried to access the attachments. 
scanned images of the handwritten pages appeared, and Ramona examined those as she damped at her face. If this was authentic, and even half of this had come true between the time that the precog had scribbled it down and yesterday, then the very existence of such a document would be trouble for all of Echo. That's a suicide note for Echo, Ramona muttered. That's what Tesla thinks. Oh, it's a suicide note now is what I mean. Maybe we couldn't predict the first few, but having this document could have helped move people, allocate resources, do some preventative action. And instead, Tesla keeps it to himself and does the cover-up dance while more people die. Brilliant leadership. Ramona's sarcasm edged out her tears for the moment. And why do you think CCCP has been so successful in being Johnny on the spot the last couple weeks? Bella asked. You wish there were more of them, but hey, you do what you can with what you've got. And when you can't get there and someone clever can jinx the civil defense sirens to go off in time... She shrugged. Something else I need to point out about this thing. There is no mention of CCCP in it, but... There, she stabbed her finger at a verse. And there, and there, those are incidents Savior sent squads to intercept before they happened. And Haiti busted some buildings up, and a couple people got hurt, but nothing like the fiery catastrophe that the next verse describes. That friend of mine, the one with the wings, says that precogs generally can only see things surrounding stuff and people they already knew about. The clever one says that looking into the future other ways works the same. March never knew the CCCP existed, much less that they were going to get dumped here. Read into that what you will, but well, there are some of us who are not going to curl up like an armadillo because the end of the world is predicted. Us is right. Ramona handed the PDA back and sat up a little straighter. So, the Reds know about this to this degree, or have you just been feeding them the right bits of information? And this friend of yours, is she someone inside Echo, or is she one of those post-event metas? Her brain had started to click forward with names and associations, and the spread of information among the various networks. If Pride knew, then Ramona was sure that the information stopped there. Of all of that upper tier... He walked and talked the absolute American heroic bit as much as breathing. Savior knows the whole shebang. I think she probably passed it off onto Moji and Unter. Oh, that's Moja Talk and Untermensch. Moji's her fellow commissar. Unter was Spetsnats, so both of them know how to keep their lips buttoned. Maybe she passed it on to her old man, Savior the First, and Worker's Champion, but I kind of bet not. There's not much you can apply to Russia in these ramblings, and she's not happy with Papa Boryets and Papa Savior. They were holding out on her, and she doesn't just cherish grudges, she feeds and waters them and calls them pet names. And I actually have two reclusive friends. The clever one, and the winged one. The winged one? Her lips twitched with a hint of a smile. The winged one informed certain parties that they could tell Tesla she answered to a higher boss than he was. And 
I wouldn't call her a meta at all, though your mileage may vary. Fair enough. At least your friends are doing something with the information, rather than shoving it into a drawer and pretending like it doesn't exist. Ramona folded her arms across her chest and cracked her gum. You know, I'm hauling pride out to the cracker barn, and we're going to have a moment over biscuits. I can promise you that. I can't fault him for keeping stuff close, because that's just the way he is, but I know he's not a puppet. He just needs a better reason to break a few rules. Bella sucked on her lower lip a moment. Okay. Anyone tell you about Project Overwatch? The DNA database in case the buildings collapse again and we need to identify people by strands of hair? You know, between you and me, I think it's a lousy excuse to get more information by making dumb people feel better, Ramona snorted. What about it? That's the cover for the allocations and the equipment we've been using. She tapped something above her breast pocket. Dick, I'm bringing in Detective Ramona Ferrari, like we talked about. She handed Ramona an earpiece, a button cam, and a button throat mic, all standard echo issue. Tesla actually knows about this one, too. What he doesn't know is that half the stuff is going to CCCP. Go ahead, put those on. Ramona obliged, fastening the mic such that her collar concealed the piece of electronics. When she had secured the earpiece, she gave Bella a now-what shrug. Good morning, detective, said the voice in her ear. I'm Echo up to Victoria Victrix, call sign Vicky V. You are sitting in your car, driver's side, 50 feet south by southeast of the south corner of the parkour course. Your heart rate and respiration indicate that you are distressed but under control. Your car will need an oil change in another thousand miles, and your favorite radio station is KBEZ, and why anyone would listen to that is beyond me. Your GPS needs recalibration. It's off by 20 feet. There is an echo security guard just behind the corner of the construction trailer directly ahead of you. He will come around that corner in three, two, mark. True to Vicky's count, the security guard came around the corner and frowned at the car. He approached Ramona's side and bent down. You lost, ma'am? His name is Justin Blake, and he's a new hire, said the apparently all-knowing voice in her ear. Justin, honey, Fred up at the main guardhouse said you'd be out here. Detective Ferrari, good to meet you. Ramona showed him her badge and offered a smile. Just doing a debrief with one of our DCOs. How's your first week going? Bella wiggled her fingers at him. The effect of hearing his own name combined with a pretty blue thing with the face of a supermodel waving at him had the desired effect. He stammered a, fine, thanks, and tipped his hat to the two of them before going back to the trailer. You need to pick up bread before you go home. The loaf you have is turning blue and green at one end. Also, the milk in your fridge is going bad. You should check the setting. You probably knocked it back accidentally, and it's a tad too warm in there. And the way I know all this is because I am not your standard ordinary meta. 
I have a cyber packet with your hair in it attached to the Overwatch computers, and I am a techno-mage. Rara IV, me. Don't know of too many in the world, and I am the only one in Echo. Magic. Mage. Magic. Ramona's eyes widened a bit, but her surprise ebbed, and she shrugged her shoulders. Okay. There was a pause, as if she was supposed to explain her nonchalant acceptance of things. Look, I'm not most civilians. When you've got to use everyday things like bandages and cell phones because you can't heal stuff or talk between somebody's ears like half of your co-workers, you just sort of accept what people can do and go on, regardless of where it comes from. Makes things easier. Fair enough. Here's my gig. I can make magic talk to computers and other things, and I use a suite of computers to talk back to them. Because of how magic works, I can hack into virtually anything if a certain set of parameters is satisfied. Those are the rules. It's not like twitch your nose and you can do anything. But that is what Overwatch is about. I am kind of all-seeing eyes and ears for special teams to give them that extra edge that gets them out alive. There was a pause. For instance, I've hacked into all the security cams on the Echo campus to see you and Belle right now. I can do the same for just about any traffic cam, security cam, or ATM cam on the planet. I haven't managed intel satellites yet, but they're not really useful in keeping my team's breathing. She settled back in her seat and passed a hand over her eyes. Breathing's good. And you're one of the revolutionaries who wants to hold my boss accountable in spite of his sudden spinectomy? We could totally be friends. Well, that's good, since I hacked his desktop a long time ago. I'm the one that leaked the eyes. Despite the commissar coming to administer detente with her typical iron fist, he still hasn't come totally clean with her. So, I'm seeing he keeps his promise whether he likes it or not. There was a polite little cough. I'm not completely a loose cannon. My folks are FBI. Ever hear of Section 39? Ramona did a quick check of her own memory from the past year's worth of research that had involved the FBI's files on metahumans and didn't come up with a matching number. Not recent enough to remember, no. Maybe not. You'd have dealt with Section 26, the Metahuman Division. The 39 dates back to World War I. It's all magicians and, well, um, mythological critters that aren't. My mom is a witch and my dad is a werewolf. They're two of the current three section heads. The third is a Navajo shaman. The number was kind of an inside joke when they merged the original organization with the FBI. Three heads for an organization they called Agency 13 back when it was founded, so it became FBI Section 39. I can see how that would work, as well as how all of that would make Tesla shakier than a chihuahua. I guess the jerk with the mop isn't with Section 39, then? Ramona shifted in her seat, her mouth twisted in a frown. He's the one who should have the broom closet for an office, not me. 
Honestly, I'm one red stapler from a revolution. Tesla thinks I'm doing this all by some new metahuman mutation. He doesn't believe in magic. And hold that thought about revolution. Bell, the floor's yours again. Bella cleared her throat. Well, as you already know, I'm not the sort to follow the rules when the rules are getting people killed. As for savior, she half grinned. I guess I'm sort of a, a kinder, gentler version of the commissar. She's been just about ready to storm into Tesla's office and take over herself, and if she hadn't been so busy putting out fires, she probably would have by now. Then the grin faded. The problem is, my winged friend. Oh, hell, why am I being coy? The seraphim talks to me. A lot. She shook her head. She says that Tesla is irrelevant to the futures. Not exactly sure what that means, except that I don't think he's going to be in the driver's seat for much longer, assuming he still is now. So maybe we might need a revolution, and taking the cue from my hippie parents, I'm looking for fellow travelers. She massaged a spot between her eyebrows. And that is where things get really interesting. See, Tesla hasn't ever been exactly the one at the top of the food chain. That's elsewhere's. Some place called Midas. Which is where Merck is. Is any of this familiar to you? Merck? Wait, Mercury? Y you mean Rick Poitier? The words were out before Ramona realized how dumb it sounded. In the wake of the destruction, rebuilding, and possible revolution, the non-meta had to ask about the whereabouts of the hot shirtless guy with the washboard abs. Tall, blonde, and built. The same. Got literally carried off to some super science la-la land, which is where all of Echo's spiffy keen gadgets really come from. The blue woman swiftly unloaded an info dump that sounded like the craziest of B-movie scripts, right down to the science fiction dingus rising out of Alex Tesla's desk in front of her and the commissar, just in time for them to see a frantic Mercury telling them that Metis won't help, before dashing off with someone in hot pursuit. So Tesla authorized a kidnapping, we don't actually own our technology, and the man who can't believe in magic is trusting a bunch of aliens who, for all intents and purposes, talk to him inside his desk. Ramona reached forward and gripped the steering wheel of her car, her knuckles slowly going white as she clenched her jaw. I think I can rest easy losing my job over cracking him once in the mouth. Blue, can you regenerate teeth, or is that beyond your ability? Whoa there, detective, said the voice in her ear. Breathe, you're going to pop a vein. I did some very discreet research. This Metis place has been rumored for decades. What I found in bits and pieces in Alex's files just confirms what all the rumors had claimed. It's not aliens or magic, just... People with big brains in their own cozy little science commune. Tesla I and his buddy Marconi decided way back when that they were going to put together an early think tank for scientists. 
by the 20s, roughly, they transplanted the think tank to somewhere in South America. When metahumans showed up in the Second World War, some of them got the brain the size of a planet superpower, and Midas recruited them, then set up Alex's old man as the one to organize as many of the rest of the metas as he could after World War II was over. Now, where it gets funky is that, from everything we can tell, Tesla I and his buddy Marconi are still alive. Somehow. I'm not sure how. For all I know, at this point they could be brains in boxes. The point is, up until now, Senior has really been the one calling the ultimate shots. But with Merck saying that Metis isn't going to help, I'm guessing Alex got his safety net pulled out from under him, and Great Uncle isn't entirely in charge anymore, probably because these eggheads insist on a pure democracy and he got outvoted. Hence, nervous breakdown. The news had the desired effect, as Ramona sat back, deflated and confused. They've been doing this for years, then. We all have to stick to regulation and to hell with any sort of reason, because we have to do what the voices in the desk tell Tesla to do. Right now, there's nothing I can do. Yet, said the voice in her ear and Bella at the same time. And not exactly, Bella added. You're in the perfect position to get yanked to receive reason instead of regulations. You're also in the perfect position to actually use the odds right now. You have a copy. Vic can help you interpret. CCCP can't do a hell of a lot outside of Atlanta, but you can leak warnings elsewhere and be believed. Say, oh, tell one of them that the precogs got a flash. Actually, you know, that's entirely the truth. March was a precog. She sucked on her lower lip. And how well do you know Merck? I mean, Rick, would you say he's, well, a really good guy? Yes. The answer came immediately, and Ramona hoped that this was her gut instinct after working with him and not some fascination fueled by that crummy knight in shining armor fantasy. Sitting in the car with a healer meant that some of her girl squeal could be picked up at any given time. He's got a conscience, if that's what you're asking. Not exactly. Bella was smiling a little. But yeah, you know him, and you know he's got a good, solidly good heart. Trust that. He may not be a science big brain, but you know what? I can't think of anyone who's ever been recruited into a fight by logic. If anybody can change their minds, I'd put my money on him. The bottom line is, Bell doesn't want us to just sit here and wait for things to happen to us. So we are putting together a safety net here, said Vicky. Look, I am the world's biggest paranoid, and I believe in safety nets. Alex might get it together. Pride might take over. Midas might decide to saddle up their robot horses and ride in with white hats on and guns blazing. But if none of that happens, we'll have our own little revolution, comrade, and keep right on punching because we plan for it in advance. Green? 
green. The gum had turned sour in her mouth, so Ramona spat it into a tissue and crumpled it in her hand. Suddenly, things had gone from mopey and depressing to confused and only slightly less depressing. At least she wasn't alone in thinking that her boss had lost his ability to lead. So, what now? Right now, we report for our shifts, the DCO replied. And I refrain from punching Jeannie in the jaw again. All that does is hurt my hand and turn him on. Perfect.